Quick turnaround for another Section 113 podcast. Happy to have you with us here as the Blazers getting set to take on the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Travis Demers with you, and man, this has been fun. Blazers get another win last night over the Charlotte Hornets, and what's crazy about all of this is that, you know, on this road trip, so far four games in, the Blazers have won a game without their starting backcourt and won a game without their starting frontcourt. And once again, it just speaks to the depth of this team. I mean, okay, so no Dame, no Ant and Phoenix, you get a win. Um, no Nurk, no Grant in Charlotte, you get a win. Um, one of the fascinating things about all of this is that Justice Winslow has played point guard, he's played center, he's played every other position, he played power forward uh, last night. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable the things that, that Justice Winslow has has done. Uh, as, as Coach Chauncey Billups said yesterday, he's kind of the, the Swiss Army knife of this team. But 5-1 and one on the road, and you think about this team not getting their fifth road win of the season last year until you know the end of January. Heck, they didn't get their first, their first road win until November 12th, and here we are sitting November 10th, and the team already has five road wins. And it, it kind of you know hit me when I was re-watching the Heat-Blazers game the other day in the hotel while, while prepping for last night's game, and the announcers for the Miami Heat on the TV broadcast we're saying, yeah, the Trailblazers are one of the best road teams in the league. I mean, think about that. When was the last time you heard anybody say the Trailblazers are one of the best road teams in the league? And that's just another example of why this team has been so much different than really any Trailblazers team we've, we've seen in a long time. All right, it's time to bring on our guest for the day. He is the radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffinini, and he joins us now on the Section 113 podcast. Todd, just like us, you get in late to New Orleans from a game last night on the road. We were in uh, Charlotte. You were in Chicago. Uh, how are you feeling today? I feel good, Travis, and thanks for having me, by the way. I, I feel good because I'm in New Orleans, and uh, that has been few and far between. You know, we, we were in Brooklyn three weeks ago and a day when we started the season. And we literally have crossed the country twice, uh, going from East Coast to Los Angeles, all the way back to Atlanta, and uh, and then Indianapolis, and then, of course, you mentioned last night in Chicago. So we've been in every time zone, two cross-country trips, and uh, yeah, eight road games in our first 11, so it's going to be nice to just kind of settle in and 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 be in the city for a while because it's, it's been, <laughs> I've been in a, I've been basically living in a hotel uh, for the first three weeks of the season. You know, there, there's this old cliche that the, the first home game back after a long road trip is, can be a schedule loss. Um, what, what's your opinion on that with this team? Yeah, that's a good question. We just, you know, we haven't really, experienced it enough so I could yeah. give you a definitive answer. You know, True. the last time we were home, um, we played Golden State last Friday, and this was after we were on the West Coast. We were in Phoenix and L.A. for six days, and we came back. We flew home on Thursday, played Golden State on Friday night, and then flew right to Atlanta because we had a back-to-back on Saturday. We had a 24-hour homestand. So um, that game actually was nice just because we got to, to be back home, a, a game which the Pelicans won, but then we were right back on the road again. So um, we haven't really experienced what you're talking about. And, and I know what you're saying. 
Um, it, it just it just depends on how how guys are going to really respond from a being on the road. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but it's really not. But I mean, guys just woke up in their own beds for the first time in, in quite some time. So uh, we'll see how everybody goes. I mean, I know you guys travel. Another big pet peeve of mine. You know, when we have back to backs. Uh, they don't do us any favor there because we go to the East Coast usually on these back-to-backs, so we lose the hour. At least you guys got to gain the hour back last night. Yeah, no, that's very true and it's very helpful. Um, I feel like there's a, a lot of ways that the Blazers and Pelicans are, are intertwined, right? Obviously, the, the trades, C.J. McCollum, Josh Hart, Larry Nance Jr., um, you know, there are a number of things there, but between playoffs and – everything that happened with the draft pick last year, it just, it feels like these two teams are, are intertwined in a lot of ways. Do you get that feeling too in New Orleans? Yeah. It, I think it's just a lot of, you know, it's really good for Portland because it's such a great city and it's such a great basketball city. And the fan base is, is very passionate about their blazers and, you know, to see them down the last couple of years now, obviously, you know, the Pelicans have their own interests and, and they're trying to fight for the playoff spots just like the, sure. the trailblazers are. But I, I think it's good when, when Portland is good. And look, let's be honest, there's nobody in the NBA that expect expected you guys to have the start that you did uh, no. right now. I mean, you're eight and three. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good. And, you know, I'm happy for I'm I'm happy to see them really playing for Chauncey Billups. Uh, they're obviously playing very, very hard. Getting Lillard back is, is huge. Um, but when you got, you know, this is my fourth year in the league, Travis, and the one thing that you really can put a finger on in the NBA is when players play hard for their coach, for the most part, you're going to be successful. Now, you've got to have talent, but everybody has talent. How hard sure. do you play on a night-in and night-out basis? And it's pretty evident that the Blazers are playing very, very hard right now for Chauncey Billups. And that's a very good thing. Um, you know, our guys play very, very hard for Willie green. When he started though, last year, we just didn't have the horses, man. I mean, we yeah. were beat up coming out of the gate and you know, you start one and nine and three and 16. And then you're just like, geez, here we go again. It's another slow start, but Willie green and the staff, they never wavered. They kept the same plan, <clears throat> excuse me. And you know, Eventually, the trade happened, which, of course, you guys got a big piece of what your team's all about in Josh Hart. And Absolutely. look, we love Josh here. Um, that was one of those things where, you know, you have to give up something to get something. And we got CJ and Larry, but we love Josh. He was a big part. You know, he came in in that, in that Anthony Davis trade from the Lakers along with Brandon Ingram. And Josh bought into New Orleans from the get-go and that just put him top tier with the fan base and just to see what josh is doing now who's having a career year already uh, i know he's basically continuing what he did after the trade last year to see him having this type of success is awesome to me and um for him to hit that game-winning shot in miami that had to have been that had to have been fun to call because uh, i know josh he loves playing basketball and you know, think about it too, Travis, you know, Willie Green really re-energized Josh Hart a year ago. Uh, Josh was thinking about quitting basketball because the year before was so miserable. 
uh, and he just wasn't having any fun. And Willie Green brought the passion back to Josh Hart's game. And uh, it, that's one of those trades that, without question, helped both sides. Yeah, it certainly did. Josh Hart has, has been amazing, and he's been a fan favorite, too. On, on the other side of that, the Blazers traded away somebody that had been a, a massive part of the team and the culture for a long time in C.J. McCollum. And I know he struggled last night. Everybody's going to have games like that. But how has he fit in on and off the floor with this Pelicans team? He's been unbelievable, Travis. And I, I will go to my grave. Uh, I really will. The, the trade for C.J. McCollum. And people think that Larry Nance was like a throw-in. Larry Nance has been as important to this team as, as C.J. McCollum. Not in a grand, grand scope, but I'm talking about on the floor. But Larry's been great off the floor as well. Uh, putting himself into this community, but I will go to my grave saying that trade was the, was the best thing that's ever happened in the New Orleans franchise. Um, just to get him in here and to get maturity in to this team, because we got a lot of young guys, man. I mean, a lot of young guys and for CJ McCollum and Larry Nance to come in here and basically say, look, we're adults in this room and we're going to. You know, what we say, you need to listen, you need to heed, if you will. That's one thing, to have that in the locker room. And then what CJ did on the floor, just right out of the gates. I mean, 20-point games, 30-point games. Um, we're like, wow. I mean, you see the guy three, four times a year, but you just don't know. You know, you don't right. know on a night-in and night-out basis. Well, then we're like, wow, this guy's actually really, really good. And now he's getting buck as we call him the certified bucket getter here uh in new orleans the cbg and uh like <laughs> he is getting buckets now and he could create his own shot and that's just somebody we had not had uh in new right. orleans so it was just a different aspect but you know he he spearheaded the run of the playoffs last year and the reason why that trade was so important travis was because of the run that the pelicans made just to get into the play-in was one thing but to actually win those two play-in games and get a playoff series where these young guys could experience postseason basketball, that to me was the, the grand scope uh, of all of it. Uh, because now you've got a team who's got playoff experience and you, they, they got a taste of it. And, and to lose in the first round, it was just, you know, it was tough. And everything you lost to the Phoenix Suns, but they know what it's like to play postseason basketball, and CJ McCollum had a lot to do with that. Now, to, to your point about um, you only see a guy a few times a year. Um, we're we're outsiders when it comes to the Pelicans, right? We'll watch the games. We watched the end the end of the game last night, right. playing and things like that. But you don't truly get a sense of things. The outside perspective has been for the last couple of weeks that this Pelicans team if they are healthy, can be a really, really dangerous team in the NBA. But that health, a lot of times, people are focusing on Zion Williamson. Right. He came into camp. He looked amazing. I almost didn't recognize how lean he looked. How is he – obviously, the, the numbers and talent are there, but how has his physical health been so far? He's been good. Um, you know, he, he took that horrible fall in game three against yeah. Utah, which was scary. I mean, it was really scary. You know, he's going up for a dunk, and Jordan Clarkson, who actually made a really good play, came from behind and hit the ball. You know, it was all ball, but Zion's left hand was still on the ball, so 
he fell straight down on his back, um, basically from rim high. And that's a lot of human being that's going down 10 feet, uh, with no padding, obviously on that floor. Um, so he missed a couple games with that, but other than that, he's been really, really good. He's, he mentioned after the Indiana game that it's starting to slow down for him. Again, it's, you got to understand he was without basketball for an entire year. He did not play in an NBA game for over 500 days, uh, until the preseason this season, this year when he started to get it going again. So he's missed a lot of time. He, he mentioned that the game's starting to slow down for him again, and we're starting to see a much more rounded game when you're talking about rebounds, assists. You know he can score. Um, the, the good thing about Zion now is he's got some options around him, where two years ago, you know, with all due respect, he had James Johnson and Eric Bledsoe around him, and, and sure. it, it just everybody was just crashing in on him, and he's still – shot 60% from the floor and had 20 and, and averaged 20 points in the paint. But this year is a little bit different. He's doing a lot more things, especially uh, addition to basketball. I mean, he's had multiple games with at least seven assists. So he's, he's playing much better, but you just to your original point, it has been about health. The first two games, you know, in Brooklyn and Charlotte, of course, starting on the road, um, you know, we went wire to wire first two games didn't trail either of those games, and then the home opener against Utah, in a matter of a quarter and a half, we lost Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and Zion Williamson. Three starters, and I'm looking around the league the next the next day, and I'm watching all these games, I'm like, everybody's out there, nobody's hurt, and we're without three starters after two and a half games, and it took a little while to get back into this. So, you know, being on the road all this time, and, you know, three of our losses have been in overtime, which easily could have been one. One of those was to Utah, who might be the hottest team in the league. Um, unreal, man. That's unreal. I, and, and to spend all this time on the road, I, I think six and five right now is, you know, you, you would have liked it to have been a couple of wins better. But I think with all with, with the injury situation and the road games, I think six and five is, is pretty, pretty solid. And last thing here with all those injuries, you know, for a game or two, we've had to deal with some too. We've been very fortunate with our depth, but the Pelicans have depth too. I mean, Herbert Jones, I think I'm, I'm very jealous of the fact that you have a guy like him. He is an incredible young player with his length and defensive ability, but you know, Trey Murphy can shoot threes coming off the bench. Devontae Graham, you've got a number of players that can step in. What is the depth like on this team compared to the last couple of years? Well, it's been really, really good. And you just have to go back to the Dallas game, the, the one after the Utah game, where we're without three starters and going up against Luka, who's just been dominating the NBA. Yeah. And we basically played not, we played nine guys that night, and eight were in double figures. And that's the first time in my brief NBA career that we've had eight guys in double figures. I mean, everybody contributed, everybody hit big shots and we wound up beating Dallas uh, in the smoothie King center. People were in disbelief. It's like, how in the world is this possible? Well, we have the depth and uh, it's good to know that you've got guys that have been coming off the bench. Najee Marshall is another example of that, who you're going to see tonight. Uh, Trey Murphy had a perfect night that night. He was eight for eight and four for four from the floor. Uh, the rookie Dyson Daniels, who actually has been DNP CD the last couple of games, uh, scored 11 points. And he's really 
what you would consider a lockdown defender. So getting the starters back has been good. But now, you know, you've got to make a little adjustment with the rotations again, because quite frankly, these starting five, the starting five has just not played together a lot. So they're still trying to find their way. Uh, last night was a good start uh, in a sense, because the last few ball games prior to last night, the slow, the, the starts have been very, very slow. And we found ourselves down early and you make the comeback and then, you know, what happens at the end. But uh, there's been there's been a lot of kind of emphasis on starting quickly it just hasn't happened in the last few ball games because the starting five is still getting used to playing with each other he is todd graffinini he is the radio voice of the new orleans pelicans you can find him on twitter at nt graff with two f's and of course hear him call every new orleans pelicans game Todd, thanks, man. I know you're getting up and uh, doing this was was just as much of a challenge, for, maybe hey, more so for you than it was for me. I, I, I had appreciate to bring, it. I had to bring the kids to school this morning, so I mean, it was uh, oh, it was yeah. back to reality quickly uh, after a short night's sleep. But uh, glad to be home, and I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight. Game five of six on this long road trip is tonight. Trailblazers at the Pelicans. Pre-game for you, 4 o'clock. Mike Lynch will have that on 620 Rip City Radio and the entire Trailblazers radio network. And then at 5 o'clock, Michael Holton and myself will have the tip. Big thanks to Todd Graffinini for joining us. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time as the Blazers get set to take on the Mavericks on the Section 113 podcast. 